Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 156 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Fergus McKenzie. Fergus McKenzie is a graduate industrial designer who completed his honours degree in industrial design at Queensland University of Technology in 2018. As a creative and team-oriented designer with a passion for sustainably focused design, his thesis project addressed urban agriculture and won the 2018 Impact Boom Award at QUT. His industry experience has given him familiarity with the design process within a context of business and innovation. He offers a confident and inquiring mind while applying design thinking and tackling complex tasks. His education as a designer has been complemented by a semester exchange spent in the Netherlands at the Technical University Delft in an immersive studio workshop environment, as a result of which his work was featured in Dutch Design Week 2018. He also sought an industry experience during his degree, completing a six-month internship at BMW in Munich, where he worked in the Virtual Reality and Innovation Lab, as well as a six-month internship at Derlock Group in Brisbane. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Fergus' open plot project and what he's learned about urban agriculture for sustainable cities. We'll talk about design education and what Fergus believes can be done to get students effectively tackling social and environmental issues. So it's a pleasure to welcome you here today, Fergus. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Tom. Our pleasure. So to kick things off, Fergus, could you share a little bit about your background in design and what led you to working on the open plot agriculture project? For me, my design journey sort of started at a young age. Um, Growing up in a house that was designed and built by my parents was sort of a big factor early on. So we had a large backyard, even in the second house that we moved to. And dad always just had materials and tools sort of lying around in the backyard and in the shed. And that sort of opened my eyes to that idea of tinkering from a young age and always sort of building and creating your own sort of scenarios and toys from scratch. Mm. So yeah, just that idea of playing outside was more sort of prevalent to me at a young age than inside. But then also another key factor, I guess, um, was when I was playing inside, uh, toys like Lego and um, that sort of modularity was introduced to me through those toys. So, yeah, I guess learning from creating and doing was introduced through yeah, playing outside and those experiences like creating and building through Lego and that mm. kind of. And then I guess from there, in primary school, I took art and that was sort of one of my favorite subjects growing up. And then that led me to take uh, art and graphics in high school as well. And I think graphics was easily, hands down, my favorite subject in high school because, I don't know, it taught you a lot about not just, uh, that that was sort of my first introduction to industrial design, Yeah. but they taught you a lot about arch- architecture and interior and, you know, how to do rendering. And that was an introduction to graphic design as well. So after 
getting taught these um, core skills through graphics. Uh, we had a like a meeting with our careers supervisor, mm-hmm. and I sort of said, "Look, this, these are my favorite subjects: art and graphics." And she said, "Oh, well, have you heard about industrial design at QUT?" And I hadn't at that stage, and um, that was sort of my first introduction to industrial design. And after looking into it, I, I knew straight away that that's what I wanted to study. Mm-hmm. So brilliant. And then, yeah, from there, QUT opened many doors um, that allowed me to travel and work overseas. Uh, like you just mentioned, I had the opportunity of doing an exchange semester in the Netherlands and also an internship in Germany, which were really eye-opening experiences. And that sort of showed me how different cultures and cities uh, approach different ways of sustainability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sort of, yeah, that opened my eyes to how much Australia is lagging in many ways of sustainability. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing jumping deep into the Netherlands and other places which really seem to be working hard in these areas, right? I'm sure it, it certainly was very eye-opening for you. So tell us a little bit more about Open Plot. Like, what did you learn during your research into this urban agriculture project? And how does the project propose to create more sustainable cities through urban ag? So initially... Um, when I started this thesis project, I had two ideas. The first was urban agriculture and the second was uh, commercial kitchens since I was working um, at the bar that I was working in and I had access to that you know, commercial kitchen. I thought I was talking a lot to these chefs and I thought maybe there was some kind of solution I could come up with mm. to help their hard lives. But I ended up going with the um, urban agriculture route and I was really happy with how uh, the open plot project turned out. But... So yeah, in the initial early research stage of Open Plot, um, some of the more prevalent global issues with, that we face as humanity sort of popped up. So these included uh, population growth, food miles, and just the general destructive nature of our current agricultural systems. Um, there was a big increase as well from people living in rural areas Areas are now sort of moving into urban areas. Yep. And with that sort of growth in our urban population comes food security or food insecurity we're mm-hmm. not going to have enough food to feed all these people that are moving to our cities yeah. so um a key sort of stat that came from that research for me as well with the food miles thing um so on average our food will travel 1600 kilometers to get from farm to table yeah and huge that sort of it really hit home for me and and made me realize like why can't we grow more of our food in the city and I guess that's where the open plot idea was born from. But yeah, the main aim of the open plot project was to create a closed loop urban food system that benefited multiple stakeholders within the food supply chain. Mm. So through that aim, um, I created this platform that um, was aimed at reducing food miles and increasing urban food supplies whilst making use of unproductive landscapes such as rooftops or, you know, land for instance, like Hutchinson's who buys up a big block of land and they're just going to sit on it for a couple of years without actually doing anything with that land. Yep. And I guess sort of a, a key case study while I was doing this research, I went and visited three urban farms here in Brisbane and they were the Millen Farm Project. Yep. Um, that was out at Sanford. So, so that was sort of peri-urban. That was more sort of a village farm style of growing. Yep. And then there was also Northy Street City Farm, which they were doing really sort of cool community style uh, farm right sort of in the city center there or Bowen Hills area so that was very urban Mm. Um, and then there was the mini farm project which was probably for me the most eye-opening and that was just a not-for-profit they were over in Camp Hill and their sort of 
business model was they weren't they were growing on land that they did not own and everything they grew they donated to homeless shelters which mm. i thought was really cool yeah that that sort of started off the whole project for me when i visited those three farms and that made me realize like they were all doing such different things and i don't know this needs to happen more and more in brisbane and in australia i thought so yeah from there i sort of created this platform that aimed at connecting unused land with uh, urban farmers who are willing to grow on that land for a certain amount of time. And this platform, uh, there was an app that was sort of the central contact point of the system. Um, and then there was the product, which was this modular uh, growing bed CNC cut out of uh, recycled plastic sheeting. And it was easily assembled. No fasteners were required. And you could sort of assemble it, disassemble it, and take it to the next block of land that you were going to grow on. Mm. So that was sort of the core basis of the project. But. Wow. So where's that going to head into the future now, Fergus? Well, it'll take a lot of municipality getting on board with sort of the regulations around growing, growing food and a lot of those roadblocks, uh, especially while I was visiting and interviewing people at North Street City Farm. He sort of said, you know, it's going nowhere unless council, you know, gets behind us and sort of starts backing mm. us and, so that's where I sort of see the first point of contact would be, you know, getting in contact with council and trying to sort of release some of those roadblocks that are there around growing food in an urban context. Yeah. And then once that's, I don't know, starts freeing up, I guess, hopefully try and actually make this app and make it a reality. Mm, fantastic. So from a design education perspective, how do you believe design education could change to help students basically get a stronger understanding of some of these social and environmental problems like the one that you've been tackling, as well as forming designers that don't just understand these issues, but actually design to counteract them? Look, I thought the curriculum taught through QT was, did a pretty good job at um, teaching us, you know, the different problems that we face as humanity. You know, we, we had courses where we did projects that looked into sustainability, homelessness, and disability. And I thought that was very sort of eye-opening um, with the curriculum that QUT taught. But I think that education sort of needs to move towards a more integrated project through industry, municipality, and sort of multidisciplinary ways of working. Mm. QUT already did quite a good job of having industry uh, projects where we had real-world sort of partners through those projects. Mm. But... I definitely think there definitely needs to be a more a, a bigger push towards uh, multidisciplinary working. Just for instance, when I was in my semester in the Netherlands, that minor I took over there was a multidisciplinary minor. So I was working with psychologists, architects, mechanical engineers, computer scientists, mm. and that sort of style of working where you have all these different disciplines is very sort of real world and. I think that's it was so strong that context. You know, you get everyone's sort of point of view yep. from a different background, and yeah, I think that's sort of where education should be heading to sort of show these young designers the importance of like the social and environmental problems that we're facing. Yeah, fantastic. So, what advice then would you give to the design students listening who want to use their careers to generate a better world? Um, I guess the main piece of advice would be just to test the social norms because without you know, young students pushing for social and environmental improvement, nothing is ever going to change, um, especially in an academic setting where you have more sort of free will and you have that sort of freedom to tackle some of these bigger future problems that often real world clients won't want to touch. You know what I mean? So 
I think as a, as a student, you have that freedom where, you know, you can have that more sort of blue sky thinking and really sort of just get stuck into it to promote change, I guess. Yeah, fantastic. So what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently then that you believe have been really effective in creating some positive change? Uh, for instance, uh, I, I watched a documentary recently on there's a train down in Byron Bay that has been fully retrofitted with solar panels. So the train's actually carbon positive. Um, it's just mm. an old 80s train, I think, that they've retrofitted. And um, they've put solar panels as well on top of the train station. And that train is fully carbon positive. And, and that solar energy that it's creating is actually getting put back into the grid. And it can power like something something like 12 houses per year, uh, as well as powering that train. Just sort of small initiatives like that mm. really catch my eye. Also, the climate march that happened recently here in Brisbane, sort of just bringing awareness to, you know, our changing planet and environment and how we have to sort of change our ways to stop that or counteract that. Yeah. Um, also, on a smaller scale, I, I, as I mentioned, I work at a bar uh, here in Brisbane and it's really sort of heartwarming to see small businesses take on a more sustainable approach to the way they do business. Just on, this is a smaller scale, but it sort of adds up across all of the hospitality industry. But just implementing cardboard straws, um, just having that sort of sustainable outlook. Um, all of the tables at the restaurant that I work at are ups- made from upcycled floorboards. Really good to see small businesses adapting these small changes. And then if more and more people start adapting them, and it's going to make a change to our world. Wonderful. Some good little projects there, Fergus. Thanks for sharing. So to finish off then, could you please recommend a couple of great books to our audience? Well... I've only got one here on my list, but when I was doing that research for urban agriculture, um, a big sort of word that was thrown around around a lot was permaculture. Mm. Back in the 80s, Bill Mollison wrote this book, Permaculture, A Designer's Manual, which was really sort of, book was so well done in its illustration and it's just, it sort of created that ideology of permaculture and the way we should be living in our environments and yeah, it was just sort of really interesting, that book, too. If anyone's looking at getting into agriculture, um, permaculture is sort of the, the footing in which you need to build that premise off. Yeah, certainly. Certainly a very influential book. So, Fergus, thanks so much for, for sharing your experience today. Very much appreciate it. It'll be great to watch you as you advance in your career and, and use design to create a better world. Thanks for having me on here, Tom, and it's, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Likewise. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.